0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingle podcast with yours truly, Solomon and right now, joined by a very special guest, Jeff Hobson, senior writer for CincinnatiBingles.com. And uh, Jeff, hey, great to be with you, Um, and particularly coming off the Monday night win, to think about it, we have to go back to 1990 since the Bengals last won a Monday night game on the road. You think about it. Yours truly, Boomer, yes. and Chris Collinsworth. We've yep. got a lot of guys on that team. Uh, and you take a look at how old we are today. That, that's been a long time. So this one was a long time coming, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Saul, always great to be with you. I was thinking of you. Uh... Uh, last night at some time as I was writing that date. I think it was October 22nd, 1990, I think. Wow, wow. And uh, you know what, Boomer, and and this was kind of a, uh, as you remember, Boomer threw for 75 yards. You guys won 34 to 13, and that was a 233-yard rushing game. Yeah. The Bengals didn't rush for 233 last night, but you felt like it was kind of a bellwether game for their running game. And number 30, Icky Woods did the did, did the Icky shuffle that night. Number 30, Chase Brown had a breakout game.
0: It was. There is there's some symmetry there, right? Um, and listen, this was a game that was well-needed by the Cincinnati Bengals in a lot of ways. Um, snapped a three-game losing streak and did it in 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 a couple of ways that are so unconventional that these stories would not have been written at the beginning of the season. I want to take the time to... First of all, just talk about the fact that, um, give Zach Taylor a lot of credit. As you well know, he was coming under a lot of, a lot of heat, um, only after really eight real, eight rushing attempts last week against Pittsburgh. The other three was scrambles by the quarterback, but eight rushing attempts. But no, in the Monday night game, 31 run plays called 156 yards on the ground and three rushing touchdowns. That's how you help your quarterback. Um, talk to me more about the the mindset that the coaching staff had. they seem seemed predetermined to run the football in order to help Jake Browning.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right, Solly. Now, I don't think there's a shift in philosophy because Zach is pretty adamant. You know, with yeah. Joe Burrow, he's going to be a pass-first guy. He does not shy away from that, hmm. and that's what he's built his philosophy on. And I think he did warn us this during the week that the Pittsburgh game was a bit of an anomaly just because of the, way, of the way they play and with their people. You know, Watt and Highsmith are kind of a, you know, the Jaguars have nothing like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of softened it up for us. Like I said, I don't think it's a shift, but I do think what's important is I think he did see, and the players said it, Browning said it, Karras said it, mm-hmm. the uh, 76-yarder, Jama was a uh, totally run game, right? That was because right. they were running the ball. That's right. And uh, – So I think, uh, you know, if, and you know, maybe, you know, and Zach is an evolving guy, uh, so we'll see how that, you know, kind of affects him. He likes to win, and he does win, and he has one year. So I think he'll, you know, Chase Brown was an interesting guy, you know, Nine, nine carries, 61 yards, very quick. And I think you're right. You know, Browning isn't Burrow because Browning's only, that was only his second start. And they helped him. Browning said this after the game. He said there were more six- and seven-man protections than five-man protections to help him on third down. I think they were solid four for 21 on third down the previous two games, eight for 14. So you tip your hat to Zach and Callahan. Uh,
0: Not to mention uh, that those third downs were of the third and medium Third and yep. short. That's because they were winning on early downs, right? That's because they were winning with the run game. Um, I saw some RPOs in there. Um, I keep having fans saying, why are why do they keep running it up the middle when they're not having um, great success? I said, first of all, there was some success running in the middle. I think yep. Joe Mixon, both of his touchdowns were up the middle. We know yep. that Jake Browning's rushing touchdown was over the middle. Um, right. And um, so there was some room. Some are going to get stopped. Some are going to be successful. Uh, But you and I both know the main thing is is to test the defense in the middle so that those RPOs work um, and the linebackers are biting. And then what happened? We were able to hit T. Higgins on some slant routes. Nobody's better going over the middle, by the way, in terms of being sure-handed. We completed a third down play on that RPO slant um, to, um, to Jamar Chase. He had to double catch it a little bit to to haul it in. But uh, what more can you say about that commitment to the run game on early downs to allow us to, to convert on those third down plays?
1: You know, and sorry, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, is there a guy, is there a more criticized guy in the league who I I think is so undeserving of the criticism is Joe Mixon. I mean, I look at Joe Mixon and I, I, you know, I just think he's a productive guy. If you, if he touches the ball, most of the time he's going to produce for you. You know, he had 117 yards combined from scrimmage last you night. Go. You know, and it's just yeah. like, you know, I I just – the criticism is such, okay, he's not a – these explosive plays. I get it, but I'm not sure, you know, I mean, to me he's a winning player. You know, I mean, I just don't know.
0: Listen, you know? and I've seen him improve. I think by far, maybe not statistically – Right. And I think he's having his best season as an NFL running back.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I agree. I mean, okay, he's not an analytics dream.
0: Yeah.
1: But you yeah. know, the last time I checked, you know, if you get four yards per and yeah. you're available out That's of the backfield.
0: That's a win. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not a you know, I'm not a stat guy, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not an analytics guy, but I do know I do have a feel for when a guy I think can help you. I, I think Mixon is just and then you got the complimentary guy. Now Brown's got that home run ability. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's
0: kind of a great combo. But it, it I can tell you right now, league-wide, Joe Mixon is one of the most respected running backs in the NFL. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking with people in a lot of different places, obviously doing a national show on Sirius XM NFL radio. Uh, Joe Mixon is a coach's dream because he keeps your yeah. offense on schedule. Um, he's gotten better in pass protection. I think to me, that was the only area where I felt yeah. like, um, okay, we could do a lot better, but no, he he handles that. I he's worked at it, you could tell, and he's uh-huh. done a really good job. Also, you saw on the touchdown run, same foot, same shoulder. He yeah. strikes a blow now to defenders right. instead of just trying to always make a miss because yeah. he's always been good at being a little more nifty for a bigger mm-hmm. guy. Now he's translating, um, you know, that size into power in a yeah. way that's very significant or in or around the goal line. You saw him keep his balance, even though he was he was stopped by two players, but he's same foot, same shoulder. He drove right through that contact,
1: yeah.
0: and he won at the goal line. That's mm-hmm. Marcus Allen type stuff now. I'm going to yeah. just tell you, right, you Marcus is a good friend of mine. He always got bigger around yeah. the goal line. And I, I just think Joe Mixon last night, whether he was catching it on third down and converting – into yeah. first downs, whether it was on the power runs inside to later help on play action pass in the RPO game. I thought he was sm- he was so valuable in a game like last night. And every time we have these wins against the big teams, as you know, the San Francisco 49ers, right. Buffalo Bills, Joe Mixon is always there. Yeah, he's always checking the box. Right. And um, look, we wouldn't be where we are today right now. I tell you right now. Without yeah. Joe Mixon. So, no, he's uh, he's much appreciated around this league. I do want to hear more about just what the coaches have to say about Chase Brown because he brings this thing I call juice. He just he brings this juice. And listen, let's not ask Joe Mixon to beat Chase Brown because right. Chase Brown is not Joe Mixon. I just yeah. think they they complement each other in a way that's going to help, help make our offense
1: better. And I and I, and I think Zach Taylor is, uh, you know, he he likes four yards for carrying what Mixon gives, yeah. But he also likes the diversity, and I think that's the thing that struck me last night. Mm-hmm. You know, about Zach is I thought he was really he did so many different things. You know, and w- yes. with with first of all with Brownie and Mixon, yeah. he changed it up. You change up that look, but also the different formations. You know, I mean, I uh, they still want I think they still want a majority. Three receivers, but they also did a lot more double tight ends, and they did a lot more with, you know, Chase Jamar Chase
0: mm-hmm. on
1: the perimeter. Yeah. So it just it just and 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 you know they they went early. They tried to go short early to get the yak. Yeah. And then they stepped back and they took a couple deep shots. Yeah. You know. So I thought um, a very varied, uh, a very varied game plan, and he wasn't, uh, and he wasn't afraid to do anything. You know. He gave us a glimpse of the, of the mindset right out of the gate. The first two series He's going for it on fourth down. Yeah. He's going for the 57-yard field goal. Yeah. You know, the defense at some point, the defense tipped your hat. Uh, they weren't in great position early, and they hung in the game.
0: Listen, I, I want our fans to know and to really, truly have a better appreciation for Zach Taylor, Yeah. our head coach, our offensive play caller, um, who, look, when the ball isn't run enough and we have a young quarterback, I, I think those are some fair criticism. But I I do think you got to understand that the guy does know what he's doing. Like, he, he does. The, the way that I saw that game on Monday night against a really good Jacksonville Jaguars beat yeah. defense, by the way, I, they ranked top ten against the run. But you couldn't right. tell it by the way yeah, we cool. ran it on them because we yeah. we found a way to get that done but also it's like i always say it's like peeling an onion right yeah. layer by layer and it may not look like it's successful early but later on you get to the core yeah. of what the offense really is trying to do cuz early on yeah. you're softening that defense by running by right. the short passes on the perimeter you're getting them to creep up to the line of scrimmage a little bit more then guess what you get later bam 76 yard shot to jamar chase right. bam you're getting deeper um, out cuts to to T. Higgins. Bam, you're getting deeper crossing routes by Tanner Hudson and by the tight ends. And that's because the game started out early, where I'm sure some fans were frustrated. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Look, the coaching staff have more intel and more yeah. information on the opposing defense than we do. Yeah. And we got to yeah. trust that that they're using right. that information to layer their plays and structure the game plan in a way where it's going to yield dividends over the course of the game, particularly as you get deeper into the game.
1: You know, I thought, you know, there's a school of thought out there that says it doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is. If your number one guy goes down, it doesn't matter. And maybe, maybe here truer than most places, yeah. but I also think it gives your coaching staff an ability to show themselves yeah. how they can adapt. Yeah,
0: yeah. And these yeah.
1: guys adapted Monday night. Yeah, You know, I mean, Good, they great put question. Yeah. they put Jake Browning in situations. He matched. Borrow went 28 for 32 and was sniffy and was sniffing Ken Anderson's club record in Frisco, right? Yes. In regulation, Browning went 28 for 32. You know, now that says a lot about Jake Browning, but yeah. it also says a lot about Zach Taylor and the system that he's created.
0: Yeah, I mean, we get a, he uh, set a franchise record for completion percentage in a single game by a Cincinnati Bengals quarterback what 86.5%. Uh, yeah. uh,
1: it was it was the fifth best, but it was good. so close to what okay. Joe did in in yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, and and these are good, those are good defenses. I mean you got you you're talking about division leaders, Frisco and uh yeah. Frisco and Jacks.
0: That's right. I mean you you it was a phenom- it really did show uh that the coaching staff I and mean, how much credit They deserve, because when you can win, uh, when you've got Joe, uh, maybe you don't want to give the coaches a lot of credit because you say it's all Joe Burrow. I I keep reminding people that it's Zach Taylor who helped, uh, you know, players don't just come in our league and you just throw the ball out there and say, okay, go do it. No, there's a plan, right? There's some coaching. There's some some development that's taking place. And so we're going to give Joe Burrow all the credit for being who he is, but I think we got to give Zach some credit. And I think last night not only showed what kind of coach he is, but it showed what kind of players we have on. These are guys with deep character. They're very prideful um, because as you well know, a lot of heads have been hanging around town with the loss of Joe Burrow. We lament his loss because we love him and we respect him and appreciate him so much, but we're not, we're going to, we got to play these games, right? Right. And we, we got to play them with pride. We got yeah. these are the wins that I think once Joe Burrow returns, now yeah. people understand now they're dealing with it with the 10 pound yeah. gorilla. They're dealing with something that's that's yeah. a special team, not just a good team with a great quarterback. You
1: know, I, I, I had a conversation, I do a conversation weekly, and this week it was Teddy Karras, and he talked about that. You know, I asked him, are there do I guess elite teams go through growing pains too. Yes. And this is an do. elite team. They and they're going they're through saying. growing pains. And he made the point, you know, yeah, there just might have been a little bit too much talk about Super Bowl this and Super Bowl that. And yes. let's slow it down a little bit. But now you throw this this experience without Burrow. And this oh. team this team this this team is gonna grow. I mean, this 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 That's is right. gonna help this team, That's I right. think, in the end. Now it, I don't know how it's going to look at the end. That that the uh, how we going, you know, are they going to be cashing playoff checks? I don't know, but I think in the end, once you get the big fella back, this will be an experience that they'll probably look back on.
0: There's no doubt. It, it the test of character, the test of their ability to fight. Now they got fight for these games. Yeah, they come in knowing they got to fight, and boy, are they doing it! They put up a huge fight. Um, yeah. I thought they fought really well against pittsburgh but that that monday yeah. night game against jacksonville the team that had won seven of their last eight games yeah. team that yeah. had they won they would have seized control of the afc playoff picture as the number one seed and the Bengals yeah. went in to jacksonville and stole that from them ripped it yeah. right out of their hands that was like what we call a quality win they're all good yeah. wins that was a quality yeah. win, just like going out to San Francisco. Oh, by the way, we want to say congratulations to Ted Karras. He was nominated as a yep. Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Cincinnati Bengals. You and I both know that is no small feat. This is a young man yep. that's doing great things in the community. So we want to take the time to recognize him. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about Jake Browning. I want to let our Cincinnati Bengals fans know a little bit more about him. Because, um, yeah, he played at Folsom High School. I thought they did a really good job of telling that story. Just how good this guy was at the high school level. Just how good he was at my good friend Joe Kelly um, (laughs) at his alma mater at the University of Washington. Go Huskies, right? Yeah. And Joe is always about Jake Brownie, man. But this is a guy. He's a different guy than what we saw in preseason. He's a different guy in the Monday Night Game. Help our listeners to understand what's been the difference. What is it about him that made him better than all these backups that we've seen so far in the regular season around the National Football League?
1: Well, I think, one, he probably took more training camp snaps than any of them, mm-hmm. not only this past year, but the year before. Joe, Remember, Joe had the appendectomy right. two years ago, took a lot of snaps, yeah. took a lot more snaps this year when he went down with the calf. So that 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 says a lot of it. He's been in the system for three years which a lot of these guys, you know, like he, he told me, he goes, I'm not Josh Dobbs. I, I, I just didn't show up on, you know, Tuesday. That's
0: you right. know, he's been here
1: for that's three right. years. That's, that's, that's right. a big thing. He's been in the league. Yeah, he was yeah. with Zim in Minnesota mm-hmm. for two years. So he's been around. This guy's been around. Uh, also, the great Folsom, California connection, the Bengals' first playoff quarterback, Virgil Carter, was the first of the great Folsom quarterbacks. Wow. And So, yeah. So – you know, Virgil took a one. Help to help the one and six Bengals team go to eight and six and, and win their first division in seventy. Yeah, yeah. Will another fulsome guy do some late magic? But you know, I just got off the horn with Jordan Palmer in California, who helped him a little bit this off season with his uh, some of his mechanics,
0: mechanics, yeah.
1: uh, kind of his lower body, and he was saying Jake Browning probably the least m- amount of distractions around the guy. He's just he's not on social media. Yeah. He's, you know, he drove an hour and a half like every day to get, you know, to talk, you know, to to work on his game, and uh, you know, like Jordan said, I bet you that he is, uh uh, uh he, he's forgot about when the plane lands, he's already talking, he's already uh, working on indie, you know, yeah. just yeah. the guys, the guys it's all football, you know, I mean, he just, yeah. uh you know, and uh it's and, and he says he's like Burrow, you know, he said, and 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 and. Burton said this early on, he's you know, Jake's a lot like me, and I think they share that. Yeah, you know, they're just they're just football junkies, they're gym rats, you know.
0: I, I could tell people I grew up in in California, and the one thing that people tend to make a mistake, uh, when you say you're from California, one of the biggest mistakes known um in terms of the human psyche, when somebody says they're from California, what you you tend to not think that they have a blue-collar mentality. You don't tend okay. to associate, right, yeah. blue-collar and California. Yeah. But if you're from Folsom, yeah. I'm just telling you, you're from that town, you're a yeah. bad dude. Yeah. I'm just telling you.
1: Well, you're a Northern California guy, right, Sonny? Aren't you in Northern, Northern California?
0: California? I'm from Los Angeles.
1: Okay. But, oh, that's – yeah, okay. But yeah. we
0: know about the kids from Folsom. Yeah. I'm just telling even all the way down there, we know – about that, we give them mad respect. It's like being from a blue collar town in Pennsylvania. You know, the town right. was born out of because the prison's there. Yeah. And because the prison's there, all the ancillary businesses that support the prison, right? That's kind of what you get in our country where yeah. forts, uh, you know, Pittsburgh was a city that grew around a fort, right? Yeah. Detroit was a city that grew up around, it, for those of us who know our history about our country. Right. Detroit was was a town that grew up because there was a fort there. And then there's these 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 uh ancillary businesses that crop up and the population continue to grow. And that's what Folsom, that's what Folsom is. This is a tough, this is a tough kid, tough minded kid, played at a high school that's legendary for football. They're they're known for being a tough, hard-hitting football team in the state of California. If you had to play Folsom. Uh, you knew you, you had to bring your lunch pail. And so I just want to tell people about that. In that sense, I could see why he and Burrow are very similar because they're both kind of blue collar. They like they play quarterback, but they're physical dudes, right?
1: Yeah. They're, yeah and they're
0: very yeah. tough. And two things they share in common, another thing I should say, they're very smart and they they adapt to things very quickly. So I want you to kind of share what you've seen about Jake Browning, at least in in those areas.
1: Yeah, Northern California. I always think of you know uh, William Felton Russell and uh, Frank Robinson, Oakland yeah. guys. But that's that's, right. that's kind of in a little bit in the same area. Yeah, Joe yeah. Mixon. Joe Mixon's an yeah. Oakland. Right. Guy.
0: That's all right. So
1: yeah, I I uh, I hear you on that one, Solly. I you know Browning's a uh, uh, you know he's had the long haul. You know what I mean? He's uh uh, and and I think you know he's such a he's so smart. His high school coaches were just he just bowled his high school coaches. High school coaches over, and if you look at what his high school coaches are doing now, they're like um, uh, they're big time college coaches. Uh, one right. guy's coaching Stanford. That's you right. know, That's the other guy's like uh, a coordinator at Sac State. You know, um, his the guy who was his Washington offensive coordinator just became the head coach at Michigan State. So Browning says, "Hey, what's the you know I get you promoted." You know, <laughs> uh, you like, know? So, good things but, happen, right? He's like, but I think it's also he's so smart. Like yes. when the Vikings cut him, there was like a couple days span there before the Bengals signed him. He was ready, he had his contact, he was ready to go coach. He was ready to go coach college. You know, that's how close he came to not following through Moving on the screen, on. you know. Yeah. He was right. Yeah. and he couldn't you know, he had he had a couple of uh you know, he was all set to go and uh I think that's how he sees himself eventually, whether how this pans out or not. He's, he's a, he was, he was sitting down with his high school coaches when he was 14, 15 years old, game playing with those guys on Sundays.
0: Right. You you love um, players who love the game. And then, you know, they're going to always be a part of it. And the game is going to always be part of them. We, you look, I think we now know Jake Browning's got a future in this league after that game last night. How much
1: money did he make? uh, How much money did he make? Do you have any?
0: He's he's a guy now. He's a guy. (laughs) Look, I I, they put up the graphic of all the starting quarterbacks that have been lost for the season. You know, our guy was on there: Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, excuse me, is now on that list uh, of guys, right? And this is that list is becoming longer and longer. of, Of Aaron Rodgers is is on that list. And so your backup quarterback is becoming so increasingly very important. Yeah. If you plan on being able to weather the storm um of a full season and still make it into the playoffs, right now the Cleveland Browns are on their fourth quarterback. Right. Uh um, you got the New York Giants that are on their um third quarterback and Tommy DeFito. Um, right. and you got the Jets who are working with uh, you know four quarterbacks. So uh you gotta you gotta be able to have a backup. And I think the Bengals have found a quality young backup. um, And I'm sure he's going to even want more. Look, Bengals won this game in overtime on Monday night, 34-31 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We finally got one against an AFC South division opponent. But we have another one coming up uh, on Sunday. Now the Indianapolis Colts have won four straight games. Um, They blocked two punts in their win against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Came away a winner. Um, your thoughts on the Bengals taking on the Indianapolis Colts as we begin to preview that game.
1: That could be a little bit ugly, right? Uh, Solly, that could be an AFC North game. That could be a masquerade. That's an AFC game. Masquerading as an AFC North game. I Darren <laughs> yeah. Simmons, Darren Simmons will be all over those, all over those block punts. That's right. You know? That's right. So, uh, I think there's always a, uh, it always seems like whenever you're in a game with Gardner and Minshew, yeah. uh, you don't want them hanging around at the end. No. You know. They always seem to even when Minshew was in Jacksonville, he always seemed to kind of find a, a way to win, you know. So, you know, you don't you don't you don't want him hanging around at the uh at the uh, finish.
0: No. They uh the Colts beat the Titans 31-28. Uh, Minshew led him down the field, game-winning drive, even yeah. though you blocked two punts. Think about this: the metrics show that if you block a punt, return it for a touchdown, you win ninety percent of your games. Yeah, they blocked two and still almost didn't win because the Titans had one hundred and seventy-seven yards rushing against yeah. that Colts defense. But Gardner <laughs> Minshew is a Mike Leach guy, right? Yeah, remember Mike Leach? You know yeah. that, old, um, you know that red rifle offense. They're yeah. throw, throw, throw. They're gonna. He's he's a gunslinger. There's no doubt about it. Um, this one could be a shootout, uh, but yeah. look, we we're okay with that. It depends on what kind of game uh, we've got. Playmakers all over the place that want to make plays. Jamar Chase is so very important. T. Higgins is now healthy. However, I want to. You remember Alec Pierce, University of Cincinnati, playing um, with uh, yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. Uh, in that game on Sunday against the Titans. The Colts had two wide receivers that go for over hundred yards receiving, along mm. with the two block punts. I guess that was enough to get the win.
1: Well, that's the tough thing without Cam Taylor Britt, you know yes. their number one cover corner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no. Th- I mean, Lawrence did not hesitate. He was going up top right away. The yeah. Bengals came into that game; they had allowed 17 passes, of I think, of at least 20 yards in the last three weeks. Another you know?
0: another four on Monday night, at least four more. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what's you know what's what's Minshew going to do? You know, you don't have to be probably don't have to be a nuclear scientist to to figure that out. And I think Ouzier, by the way, I think number 22 is getting better. You know, people forget about Ouzier. He was the number one cover corner yes. before he got hurt and Cam Taylor-Britt uh, emerged. And, uh, you know, he's he's played. He's gone full the last couple, you know, the first time since his ACL on Halloween of 2022. This yeah. is the first time that he's, you know, put back-to-back together games. So I think he he looks like he's coming back right at the right time. So, But they're a little thin at corner. So I think, you know, they'll have to protect those guys and, uh,
0: yeah. you know. And D.J. Turner, I I like him. Look, he's he's yeah. young. He's a rookie. Teams are going to try in this league. But the yeah. guy can flat-out run, and he'll, he'll hit you. That's what yeah. – look, we us all defensive backs, man, we love that. A guy that's got a stinger. He yeah. will fly, and he will hit you. Yeah, he's not that big of a guy, but what he's got, he's bringing it. And uh, yeah. I appreciate that. And my guy Jordan Battle, I gotta tell you, man, he's looking good. These young defensive backs right now, I know it's gotta be killing Lou Romo, but there's some growing pains here. Yeah. But I, I'm seeing these young guys, here's what they've got. They're fighters, they're tough, they're physical, and uh, even though they may have a moment where they give up a play here, they don't step yeah. back. They come yeah. back and they keep battling. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm dying to get your take on the secondary, mm-hmm. Saul, because I know they're they're inexperienced, but what they seem to have in inex- inexperience, they make up for was speed. That's right. Probably got to be with all due respect to the SWAT team. <laughs> I gotta believe. <laughs> I gotta believe this is the fastest secondary the Bengals have ever had. It's got to be. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I'm I mean, gonna blame not, you know. The you know, cams out. Yeah, but, my guy
0: Dave. My guy Dave. David Fulcher, He's the one that kind of held held us back on the speed thing. <laughs> he but.
1: was not running the anchor. He was no, probably running the second no. leg. Right? But he.
0: But he he can ring a few bells if you know what i'm saying. Let
1: me let me say the most underrated stat in Bengals history is David Fulcher's 31 picks. Here was a guy who basically played linebacker and yet he had 31 picks, which is everybody thinks of him as this big, you know, run player. 31 oh, he, picks,
0: man. He had a nose for the football. Some Yeah. Listen, that's why in my heart I I didn't I did not want to see Jesse Bates leave the thing. Yeah. Some some guys have a knack yeah. They find the ball, and the ball finds them. i tell ages. you, you know,
1: Jax Hill has gets around the ball. Now, he had trouble finalizing that interception. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a – think about how the game changes there. A yeah. red zone interception, he's there to make that pick, yeah. and it goes off his hands. And this is the kind of year it's been. It goes right to the guy. I know. It goes right, right to the rookie, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, who makes his first touchdown catch. But Dax Hill, if you look at his numbers, he's always around the ball. I think he'll – He's going to be a great player. Yeah, he's he's terrific. He's going to be a great player.
0: He'll finish those plays. Jordan Battle. Jordan Battle is a hitter. The guy is smart. He knows how to stay on top of deep defenders. He was taught by the best in Nick Saban. Trust me when I tell you, the guy knows what he's doing. I have full confidence in in, uh, Dax Hill, Jordan Battle, and in D.J. Turner. And then our guy right. Cam Taylor Britt, man, nobody yep. got a feel for the passing game like Cam Taylor Britt. Former he's quarterback terrific. himself, right?
1: I mean, he's a pro. He's a pro bowler. Of you course. know, I think he's having a Pro Bowl type Absolutely. deal, and I think I think Turner is a guy that can evolve into that. And I, I, you're dead on about Dax Hill. I think you know, and Jesse Bates and Von Bell were so important. Yes, in these last two playoff teams. Yeah. but who knows? in maybe four or five years. Well, make sooner than that, two three years. You know, we'll be mentioning Hill and battle like we did Bates and Bell.
0: I, I love the guys we have. We need to give them time to grow. Um, not everyone is so ready-made. Players have to be allowed to develop. This is a this is a grown man's league. Yeah. The way that we scheme things and the way that we teach players, it, you can play at some of the best universities because Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama – uh, where these guys are coming from in Colorado, um, and Woozie. I mean, where they come from, they played against some of the best. But when you get into this league, there are a lot of things that you have to learn, and they're learning them, and I think they're learning them fast. And they're coached by one of the best uh, yeah. in our league, in Lou yeah. Uh We, which we want to thank so,
1: you. you always made it. You always made a great point about that. Mm-hmm. I always credit you with this great point about how the great secondary coaches become great coordinators. Yeah, Is there really a history of that, and Yep. And I think Lou falls into that, but that's kind of your, your, uh, your no philosophy on that.
0: Uh, well, Nick Saban um, started as a secondary coach and now is one of the best defensive coaches uh, in our game, particularly at the collegiate level. Bill Belichick started as a defensive back coach, as a secondary coach. Mike Tomlin started coaching on the back end. Tom Landry, Dick LeBeau, uh, um, right. Herm Edwards, Tony Dungy, Started yeah. as a secondary coach. I, I huh? mean, the list goes on now. You know, I've done my homework on this. So, right. Mike, Mike Zimmer, great, right? the great Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer as well. Oh, yeah. Mike Zimmer started as a secondary coach, coached primetime Deion Sanders in Dallas, right? Right. Well, <laughs> you well. know, and he's brought a few uh, really good defensive backs here because that's one of the positions that's near and dear uh, to his heart. Uh, the guys who understand that part, because you, you can play from back to front. I know there's this is yeah. thought that you play from front to back. If you don't let them throw it over your head, man, you shrink the field. Right. And then you help your defensive lineman. I always said pressure leads to picks. We need those guys getting after the quarterback to force errant passes and disrupting the timing. Mm-hmm. But we help defensive linemen as well with coverage sacks. Mm-hmm. We got to hold up in coverage so that they can get there with second effort, which is what you see Sam Hubbard and – Trey Hendrickson, nobody are better than they are with second effort. And oh my second man, effort. B.J. Heal, is he not having one of the best years of of anybody on the defensive line around the league this year? He's incredible. Right.
1: and and he's playing. And people are saying he's playing too many snaps. You know, he's playing more snaps than he ever has. But you know, I you know, I, I, I he doesn't have the sacks, but he's always tipping the ball, or he's Disrupted. always That's you know right. making a he's always making a play. Disrupted. You know, disrupt. You know, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, hey, Jeff Hobson, senior writer, bingles.com. We appreciate you. You're the best, my friend. Keep up the great work. I'm going to keep reading it and keep having you on the show because we have to bring you on to enlighten not only myself but all Cincinnati Bengals fans that you've been doing for, what, some 30 years now? How long have you been doing this?
1: It's, uh, well, 1990 since I covered you beating the Browns. And I must say, it's a pleasure to be with you. Solomon Wilkins, Cincinnati icon SWAT team member, Super Bowl uh, AFC winner.
0: That's right, man. Hey, just a little bit, just a few seconds, right? Just a few seconds now. I'm telling you, we we had them on the ropes. We had them, you know.
1: But you got uh, the, but you can show the grandkids the SWAT poster. Not many guys, <laughs> not many guys are on a poster.
0: Hey, I tell every time I see Joe Montana, because I, I credit Joe as, like, look, you, you know, he's this guy that's won four Super Bowls. He's 4-0, never lost in a Super Bowl, never threw an interception in those four Super Bowls. And then I tell him, I said, but you did throw one. We just didn't catch Hicks.
1: it. <laughs> you know you know what I mean, right? You
0: know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny how that goes. Ken Anderson always sees Dwight Hicks. Yeah. You know, Dwight Hicks had a big – I think it was on the first drive. I think it was Dwight Hicks. It might yeah. be scattered here but the first drive at that super bowl 16 that guy what he told kenny at a golf tournament years later kenny anderson said what were you doing there and he said i wasn't supposed to be there he goes yeah i know you weren't supposed to be there but that might have been the play that you know that, that's that what kenny wins that game he's in the hall
0: that's what happens defensive backs i tell you nothing screws up a quarterback than a defensive back uh being somewhere he's not supposed to be because yeah, Peyton Manning was, so was so bright, he knew where everyone was supposed to be. So Ed yeah. would always be somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be. And Peyton <laughs> would throw a right to him. <laughs> he right to him. It, there was a trick to that. We're going to talk about that. We got to do a whole show on that one. Yeah. Jeff Hobson, you're the best, my friend. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you for joining us right here on this special edition of the Believe in Bingo podcast on Bally Sports Ohio. We'll see you next time, everyone.